Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, I want to celebrate real quick before we dive into things. Um, this may not seem like a big deal to some of you, but I think it's something we're celebrating. Uh, last week, we hit the thousand uh, like mark on our Facebook page. So yeah, that's really good. Cool. I mean, you know, we can't even fit a thousand people in this room. And so I just, I just think that's, that's really cool. It's just, you know, people all over. And if you know, um, with, with online today, that's the, that's the um, front door to the church uh, in this day and time. A lot of people have checked our church out before they have actually visited in person. They checked it out online. So I just think that's really cool. And it's even funnier because a bunch of us had went to Pelicans uh, last Wednesday after church. And we had like maybe like three more likes to get and hit that thousand mark. And, and Ryan's like, all right, who's not, who's not, who doesn't like the page yet? He's checking everybody's phone. And it was his dad. It was Roger Wynn had not liked our church page yet. And he was the, you were the thousand like on there. We'll have to get you something. Something for free. But uh, that was too funny. Now we've surpassed that. I don't even know what it is now. Uh, but we've, we've surpassed that. And that's just really, that's just really cool. It's a milestone. It's something to celebrate and, and get excited about. But uh, keep liking, keep liking that post, keep sharing. Um, in fact, you can get your phone out right now and share this live feed as we're um, going live. Hey, everybody watching on Facebook this morning and YouTube maybe uh, later on. Uh, we're, we're so excited that you're tuning in with us. But keep liking, keep sharing um, so that we can... Uh, be a blessing to the people on your uh, own friends list. Amen? Hey, um, did you know that there are some things that we think are the same, but they are actually different? There's some things, that, and maybe some of these you're like, well, duh, I can do that, or, or maybe maybe not, but at least you me uh, for the men. Alright, so, so how many know we live in Florida, and we see a lot of different kinds of roadkill, right? Um, so, so, so there's the, the possum, right? Uh, the possum and the opossum are different, okay? They, they live in different areas. In fact, what we have or what we know is the opossum, right? Um, and you may know that, but, but I actually did not know that. Thank you, Google. Um, but the opossum uh, has a little bit different nose, and it's kind of ugly. Um, like the possum, uh, just with no O, is from Australia, and he's a lot cuter looking uh, than the opossum that we know here in North America. But they're different. There is a difference there. Uh, did you know that all graveyards are considered cemeteries, but not all cemeteries are considered graveyards? Graveyards are actually uh, more attached to uh, churches, and then cemeteries are usually stand uh, alone. But there's, there is a difference there. I, I, again, I didn't know that. I learned some things this week. Look at there. I learned, learned a few things. Uh, all right, this is maybe for the younger people in the room. If you have a smartphone and you text or you go on social media, you have probably used an emoji at some point, right? Who uses emojis a lot? All right, yeah, many of us in the room, emojis, right? They're, they're little animated uh, little faces, and they've got all kinds of different ones, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, but then on the, the left side of your screen, uh, there is an emoticon, right? That's what that's called, and that uses uh, punctuation and letters put together to make it look like a face. So what you're looking at there kind of looks like a, a face with someone sticking their tongue out. Uh, that's an emoticon, it's different than an emoji, right? Okay, I know, real silly, doesn't make any, uh, you know, has nothing to do with anything, right? Um, Great Britain and the United Kingdom, if you talk about those two areas of the world, um, you might think that they are similar. They are very similar, but there is a difference. Uh, with Great Britain, it includes Scotland, I just like to say it like that, Scotland, uh, England, and Wales, but if you talk about the UK, 
it has all of those plus Northern Ireland. That's the best Irish accent I can do. I saw, I'm, that's probably offensive in the States, culture and climate, but I won't, I won't do any more voices because you guys aren't, aren't laughing. So, um, so the, those, they look similar, but they're, they're different. Cement, concrete are different. Um, concrete is made of sand, gravel, stone, and paste, which is actually cement and water. Cement is a component of concrete, so they're different. How many of you like jelly? Called to be different. However, 
There are still Christians today that are struggling with what that really means. We've got many that want Jesus like a friend with benefits. Y'all know what a friend with benefits is, right? And there's many that want Jesus with all the benefits, with all the blessings, and with all the healings, and with all, the, all that stuff, with the mercy, and the grace, and the love, yet they want to hold on to the things that they like and that they desire, that their flesh desires, right? And those very things that they want to hold on to, that their flesh desires, are the very thing that separates them from God. And it doesn't work that way. We're called to be different. First Peter. If you got it, let's go. Verse Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live on your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Let's pray. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. God, I pray that we learn to live in this culture. In this temporary time that we have on this earth, that we would learn to live differently than the rest of the world. That we would be so concerned about the pleasing man as we do about pleasing you. This call to holiness might seem a stretch and it might seem a, a far off thing for us to grasp because we are human. But Jesus, you died on a cross for our sins. God, in you, we, we can find that, that righteousness. God, we can pursue holiness even in a world that doesn't even understand what that is. Because truth and morality is subject. But God, we are subject to you. And to you, God, and, and you are truth, Father, and you are holy. We are called to live this life on this earth in holiness, in truth, and in spirit. So, Father, help us to understand that today. If there's some that need a shift in their mind and in their heart today, why don't you do it, Lord? By the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What we need to understand is Peter is writing this to uh, persecuted Christians. These are people that are in the middle of persecution. They are facing great persecution. There is this ruler, he's an emperor called Nero. Nero had this great hate for Christianity, and he did everything he could to hate on these Christians and to persecute them. In fact, um, Rome was, much of Rome was worked down, and uh, it could be said that he did it and blamed it on the Christians, right? And so we have this huge issue going on in this time where Christians are being persecuted. And so Peter is writing them to encourage them, to give them some hope, to encourage them to stand and to stand firm and to not be shaken and not have their faith shaken, but to have some faith stirred up in them. And so Peter is writing to encourage them and to empower them in this moment. And so he says, now that you understand that context, he says this, with minds that are, are alert, with minds that are focused, and with hearts that are sober, right? What, what, what is not sober, right? Our, our judgment is impaired when that's the case. Uh, we're, we're irrational. We, we, we don't function properly. 
So Peter is encouraging them, listen, y'all got to be on guard. You got to be focused. Your mind has to be alert to what's going on around you. You, you, you. you need to be sober. You need to have your focus on Christ. And he says it needs to be focused on the grace that is to come. He's, in other words, he's saying, listen, you have hope in Jesus. And there is where you need to put your trust. There is where your strength comes from. So don't, don't be shaken in this moment. Maybe, maybe he sung this song. Maybe he said, this is how we fight our battles. I don't know. He did because that song wasn't in his But maybe there was a tune that they knew, some, some hymn of old that they, that they, that they sung in that, that moment. He's like, be encouraged. Hold it. Have faith. Hold tight. There is hope in Jesus, but you got to be focused, right? If we're not careful in everything that is going on around us, especially in this day and age, our attention can be taken off of Jesus. Our attention can be taken off of our faith. Our attention can be taken off that hope that we have in Him. Right? So we have to be alert. We have to be focused. We have to be sober in our own life. So, so to be different, you have to be focused. You have to be focused. It's difficult to be focused on the things above if the things below have our attention. It's difficult to be focused on the kingdom of God if this world has our attention, if the things of this world has attention, if earthly pleasures and treasures have our attention. We're supposed to think differently. We are called to react differently when, when hard times come and when troubles come. And, and we're called, you know, you know what that thing is? It, it's prayer, first and foremost, right? Uh, you want to know how to respond to any kind of situation in this world? Prayer. Good. Yeah, but, but, but far too often we get so caught up in the troubles and the issues and this and that and, and, and sometimes we forget because we're not focused. We have to be focused to be different. Don't let the things of the world drag you down. But hold on to the hope that is in Christ. Don't let the things of the world tempt you to go back to the very things that God called you away from. Don't let the things of this world distract you from what God has for you. To be different, you've got to be focused. I think most of our problem is this, is that we're so concerned with fitting in instead of standing out. God didn't create you to fit in. He created you to stand out. Some are in the world and they're still of the world. Some are so caught up on being relevant in, in, in their reach, and, and I, I understand that to a certain extent, but we're still called to be different and separate from the world. We're, we're, we're not to think like the rest of the world and react like the rest of the world and talk and, and walk and act like the rest of the world. We're called to be different. Peter uses words like pilgrim and foreigner. Some of y'all are like, what? Well, foreigner, you caught in the van. I saw you, Mike. I saw you back there. Keep going. Hot blooded. No, I'm not talking about foreigners. Because you be a pilgrim and a foreigner. In other words, this is just temporary where we're at right now. So we can't live for this temporary. We're, we're living for something beyond where we're at right now. He didn't create you to fit in, He created you to stand out. The kingdom of God is different. It's different, right? The, the key to victory is actually surrender. We surrender our life to Christ. We surrender our issues to Christ. We surrender 
And that doesn't make sense. That's backward, right? To live is die. To die is gain. That doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. That sounds weird. Right. It's different. This kingdom is different. God did not create you to fit in. He created you to stand out. God never says, uh, won't you blend it in to the rest of the world? No, he, he called us to be set apart, different. Uh, in verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Again, there's some of you got to stand and set free. He's calling you out of that. So don't live in that anymore. Some of you are like, you're looking at someone, you're like, I knew it, right? You looked at your spouse, I knew it. Dude, they went, no, I'm not talking about that. You're not, we're different. We're different from the rest of the world. What's normal? Right now, normal is stress. Right, right now, normal is overworked. Normal is distracted and busy, fearful, selfish. Offended, entitled. God is calling you to be different in a culture that is not normal. People are drowning in normal. Here's the deal for you and for me. God reached down, He rescued many of us, and we're, we're different now. It's quiet in the room, but I want you to shout with me this morning. Here's the deal. Some of you were addicted, but Christ has set you free, and you are different now. Right? So some of you, you used to be depressed, but God has saved you. He has given you a peace that passes all understanding. He has given you strength by the power of his home. You are different now. Some of you used to be angry. You walked around angry all the time. And, and people knew it. And the way you spoke was angry. The way you looked was angry. How you acted was angry. But Jesus set you free. And now you are different. Some of you were broken because of the things that happened to you in your life. And Jesus came in and made you whole. And made you well. And he wrapped his loving arms around you. And when you thought nobody else loved you. Jesus said, I love you. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High. Come on, you are different this morning. Some of you, you were wandering through this life and you had no purpose. You had no plan. You didn't understand what was going on. You had no hope, but Jesus came in. He changed your life because that's what Jesus does. And he changed you. And now you have a plan and purpose. Now you have a little pet in your step. And God has given you your life. You are different. And I wish, I wish someone would take a minute and look what the Lord has done this morning. I wish someone would take a minute and look what God has done. Listen, you are not who you used to be. You are not who you used to be. Maybe you're not where you are, where you want to be just yet, but you ain't who you used to be. Come on, God has made you different. Some of you are you're, you're able to you're able to stop saying the things that you used to, and you're able to stop thinking some of the things that you used to, and, and you're able to stop doing some. But, but deep down, it still comes up, right? Because it's changed on the outside, but it hasn't changed on the inside just yet, right? Because see, we're not talking about behavior modification. Well, when we when we try to do that, we, you know, that cheapens the gospel because it is the gospel that has the power still. To change our life, and it is from the inside out. 
See, this is why people, they may try to change some of their behaviors. They think, well, if I'm going to church, I better stop doing this and stop doing that. But then only a couple weeks later, they kind of give in to those things and, and it becomes this cycle. Jesus doesn't work from the inside out. I, I think Jesus is less worried about your behaviors right now and, and more focused on what's going on on the inside. Because see, if he can get you on the inside, the other stuff is going to come. It's going to follow. It's a process. It's a process of sanctification. The first thing we got to do, though, is surrender our heart to Jesus. Different. We call, them, call us to be different. Jesus changes from the inside out. And what happens, that's when we're able to be in the world. When all the world is in chaos, when all the world is in struggle, when all, all hell seems to be breaking loose in the world, we can have peace on the inside. Because Jesus changes us from the inside out. Well, Pastor, I hear you. Why does it even matter? Oh, it does, right? As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you live in ignorance. But just as he who called you holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. See, to be different, we have to be holy. It doesn't say just as he called you is happy, be happy in all you do. It says be holy. So many people wrongly believe that God's highest calling for their life is to be happy. God's highest calling for you is not to be happy, it's to be holy. God, for you to say an amen this morning. See, here's what happens. When we believe that God wants us happy, without knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort and money and pleasure and things. When, when, when we have this kind of ideology and this theology that God wants to make us happy, then God ends up existing to serve us. But that's not how we're supposed to go. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. And He is calling us to be holy. The word for holy is hagios. It means set apart. It means different. It means pure. There's this issue of sin in humanity that separates us from God. Therefore, we are not pure apart from Him. We need to pursue holiness and to do that, we pursue godliness and avoid evil. In fact, one will lead to the other. Because if you put garbage in, then you're going to get garbage out. So if you pursue the things of this world, then guess what? You're going to act like the world. You're going to think like the world. When chaos happens, you're going to fear. You're going to doubt. You're going to struggle in that. You're going to react like the world. You're going to walk like we're going to talk like the world, but we need to pursue godliness and holiness, and that's being morally pure. The world, the uh, morals and, and truth, are, that line continues to be pushed. But truth is, is, is a hard line. Yeah, people get left out of that. You can, it, it, it no longer becomes truth if we keep pushing that. But yet, that is what's happening in our world today. We're called to be separated from the world. In it, but not of it. We don't want to lock ourselves in a Christian bubble where we never have an opportunity to reach the world. But what I'm saying is we are called to be in the world, but not act like the rest of the world. Not talk like the rest of the world. Not think like the rest of the world. Not respond like the rest of the world. We're called to be different. And this is only done through surrendering to Christ and submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But far too often we are focused too much on ourselves and what makes us happy. 
Parents, if you want to instill these same values in your children, guess what? They need to see it in you. If you want your children to be different, guess what? You're going to have to be different. It's calling us to be different. Verse 14 again, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires, as one translation puts it. I think that's interesting. You know, the, the, the enemy, the devil, he's very sneaky, isn't he? Right? So because of that, we can fall into temptation. We can, we can slip into... I think it's interesting. We don't slip and fall into righteousness, do we? Right? <laughs> oh, there's some righteousness. You know, like, but if we're not careful, if we are not sober, if we are not focused, and we're, we're focused on the wrong things, then guess what? We can easily slip into sin and our old ways into temptation. Notice how the enemy is, though, right? Remember Adam and Eve? He said, here's this apple. He didn't say, here, eat this apple. You know, because many of us, we try to justify, well, don't make me do it. You know, you made that choice on your own, right? But what the devil did, he said, hey, did God really say you would die if you ate this fruit? Did God really say, is that really such a big thing? And he twisted it, right? Subtly, sneaky. That's what he does. Did God really say you shouldn't watch that Netflix show that has a mature rating? But a lot of Christians do. Did God really say you probably shouldn't listen to that music? That has bad language in it. They can't really say that gossip is the same, even though I'm calling it a prayer request. <laughs> they can't really say, like, hey, you know, I can't post time naked photos on Instagram. I get a lot of likes, right? How could that be wrong? And see, uh, to attach that back to the happiness mentality. When we're constantly pursuing happiness, so likes equal, oh, that's, that's good, that, that makes me feel good, right? We end up justifying things because it makes us happy. So, hey, guess what? I'm not happy in my marriage, so I'm just going to leave. Right? Oh, there's this thing I really want? I can't afford it. I really want it. So I'm going to get it. I don't care how much debt I go into. It's going to make me happy. See, what I'm saying? See how that mentality does not work? Pastor, I'm not that bad. I am a lot better than a lot of people. Guess what? People aren't our standard. God. God is the standard. God is holy. Holiness is the standard. Why does it, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Verses 18 through 21 there in 1 Peter 1. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Worship team, you guys can come up. Here's why it matters. Here's why God says, behold, for I am holy. Right? Because Jesus gave his life for you. That's why it matters. Not because I have to be holy, because I want to be holy, because everything that Jesus did for me on that cross, the death that he went through, the suffering that he experienced, the blood that he shed, every ounce of blood was for you and for me, and that's why we should be holy. 
has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with him. And because of what Jesus did, because of his blood, because of his suffering, because he who knew no sin became sin for you and for me, because Christ gave his life, I'm going to give my life for him. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be different. If you're here today and you're thinking, man, gosh, I don't know, man. That seems like a hard thing to obtain, holiness. Man, I've done, I've done a lot of stuff. I've made a lot of mistakes. Guess what? We all have. We all have. And if you're watching online and you're thinking, man, I, man I, I, I messed up. I don't even know. Can I even come before a holy God? Yes, you can. Yes. Yes, you can. You are not too far gone that God can't reach. God will reach down right in the middle of your mess. Amen. And rescue you. And give your life to him. He laid down, he laid down his life for you. Let's lay down our life for him. See, here's the deal. The things of this world are like quicksand. Right? You get stuck in quicksand and the more you try to get out yourself, the more you try to do, the, the further that quicksand is going to grab you and pull you in even more. And that's what we do in this life. We end up trying to grab our stuff in our own power, our own strength. See, in quicksand, it takes something outside of it to pull you out. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus to pull us out and to rescue us from this world. You need something different to pull you out. Some of you have been trying the same old things and, and, and nothing's worked. And I just encourage you today, stop. Why are you still running? Stop running. Give it all to Jesus today. Will you fully trust in him today? We stand up with me this morning. We're going to get ready to worship together one more time. Have a time of prayer. But every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here in this place today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've been running, trying everything in your own power and your own strength to get out of whatever mess that you may be in in this life. Can I just encourage you right now, stop running and give it all to Jesus. Come on, if that's you, if that's you, you want to say yes to Jesus today. You're tired of running. You're tired of using your own. You're exhausted. You're tired. You're weary. You're burdened. Maybe even stressed or depressed. But today is not. I'm done. I'm tired of running. You say yes to Jesus. Can you just lift your hand up? No one's looking around.
You are calling us to be different. You are calling us to holiness and godliness. Father, let today be a day that is marked forever in the lives of some people in this room. To say that was a day I said no more turning back. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.